Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz and the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up. He fires on the run. Complete to Ertz across midfield. Look at that kid. Ertz got out of came across the field, and there was great movement by Wentz, and he threw a dart. He threw a dart. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is BGN Radio, episode number 212. I'm John Stolnes. We got three games left to play out the string, guys, and uh, thanks very much for spending some time with us this week. Joining me, as always, uh, for the preview show is my good buddy, Matt Daring. Matt, how you doing, pal? Good. Uh, just finished your Felsky Files episode. Uh, sad to see that you couldn't get to the Odubel Herrera extension because I guess it hadn't happened yet. Well, here's what I did. I actually went in post-production if you refresh the iTunes. Uh, folks, if you check out the Felsky Files Phillies podcast, I actually did. I added it. We do not have a big football game coming up this weekend. This is the Eagles and the Ravens. Uh, the Eagles are playing out the string. The Ravens, they mathematically still have a shot at the playoffs, but um, they're on the outside looking in as well. The Ravens need this game more than the Eagles. And we'll touch on the actual math matchup uh, coming up on Sunday afternoon just a little bit um, but this season has now entered into uh, more more of a long-term focus and we're, we're looking at these last three weeks and we're trying to see you know how it will how it will move into the offseason and who's going to be here next year who's not going to be here next year um, so I mean I guess there's not a whole lot to break down as far as this Sunday goes but we want to take a larger picture and I thought one of the more interesting things that came down this week was uh, the revelations involving Brandon Brooks uh, Brandon Brooks is obviously a very good offensive lineman for the Eagles um, he's done a terrific job for them this year um, he's been he hasn't suffered any major injury but over the last few weeks he's missed a couple of games after getting sick on game day and nobody at least none of the fans have really known what the heck was going on with this. We find out this week that Brandon Brooks is suffering from an anxiety disorder. Now, it's not a social anxiety disorder. He doesn't have uh, an uncomfortability being around people. He's, you know, he, he it, this is more uh, a thing where he is obsessing about his job, obsessing about football, having a, a need to be perfect, and having real trouble standing up under the weight of all of that. And so, you know, what do you think about him, uh, about what he had to say this week about uh, about this issue that he's gone with? I mean, I, I think univer- he's being universally praised as being courageous, and I think that's the right thing. 
Yeah, I do too. I thought the the whole. I mean, I guess if we talk start out with you know, people said, okay, this is the second time that Brandon Brooks has gone to, you know, checked into the hospital here on game day, and you know, what's kind of the deal with that? And you know, people are asking these questions like, well, was he sick earlier this week? And no, he wasn't, and stuff like that. And you know, they're starting to get the sense of what's going on. And, and Doug, for his part, I thought it was sort of an odd response for him to say like, we're going to look into it. We're going to look into it. I thought that it. I mean, probably what I was looking for him to say was like, mind your own you know business yeah. uh but um i think that uh yeah obviously he, he should be praised for it and and you know kind of listening to him talk about it he was um you know he was discussing how like violently ill it makes him and stuff like that and, and you really have to sort of feel for the guy i think that um uh you know between him and and like to a lesser extent Aguilar, who's sort of going through his own kind of mental um uh, issues yeah. or you know not not on the same level right. but but it's sort of been an, it's sort of been an interesting kind of couple of weeks here for the for the fan base to see you know who's really sensitive to this sort of thing and who well isn't. it's important for the fan base to realize that these are people and not and not robots you know we we see the jersey number and we see the name on the back and they're in helmets and pads and we figure they go out there they've been playing this game their whole lives they're 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 supposed to go out there and they're supposed to kill people you know what I mean not literally speaking but um. But, you know, it's it, we see these guys and we think that their personal lives don't ever enter into their play on the field or that it shouldn't, that they should be able to separate all that. And we, you know, you and I, I'm sure, have known people that have dealt with these with with, with issues like this, you know, with, with people who have suffered from depression or other kind of um, mental issues that are debilitating. You know, they, they debilitate even the strongest of people, even a strong guy like Brandon Brooks, who is, by all accounts, a very successful person. But a lot of times it's it's the really successful people that feel like they have to measure up to something that's not possible to be measured up to. And that seems to be the case that he was describing this week when he was talking about it you know in a nutshell you know i'm going through you know an anxiety condition and uh you know what it is is you know it's not you know nervousness or fear it's just um my obsession with the game and you know it's okay to be obsessed but there's a healthy obsession when you say obsessed you mean like a a, a perfectionism what, what does yeah, that mean so i'm a perfectionist and anytime that you know uh you know i'm not perfect um you know in my head it's not good enough and, you know, kind of, you know, just wears on me from there, um, you know. But for me, you know, going forward, you know, getting the help that I need, you know, I'll be all right, you know, make it through. Um, and really, you know, I'd have to turn that volume down, you know what I mean? Um, otherwise, you know, it's been how it's been where, you know, I've gotten physically ill and been sent to the hospital. And I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the way he, he basically said, I own it. You know, I'm, st- I'm not embarrassed by this because I know it can be a very embarrassing thing for, for some people who are dealing with this kind of thing. And in a lot of ways, it's seen... I think there are some there are some men probably who see it as a as a sign of weakness when it what what he was doing this week was it was a certain sign of strength coming out and 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 proclaiming this to everybody so that everybody knows kind of what's going on and I, I you know it's 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 always interesting when when you see real life impacting these athletes that we see on that we see on television and we we see with the jerseys on and wearing the laundry that we root for. Yeah. Hashtag tied. I um I think that I mean I just looked it up. He's he's twenty seven, so you know, a lot of the guys a lot of the people who listen to this show, I mean that's probably he's younger than I am, yeah, you know, I'm twenty eight. And yeah, and they I mean I think a lot of the people who you know, sort of 
listen to this, a lot of them that I've met have been like around that age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you know, it's, it's the same thing as like anything else that's going on with your life. I mean, I think for him, if you sort of look at it this way, he's sort of got a promotion at work and, uh, he's probably really, he's probably really sweating it. And like, these are all like scary things. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. And, and for him to have, you know, to be having physical reactions, not only is it kind of not uncommon but i think it's it's totally understandable and and it's just as legitimate as like you know if you gets get sick in, in any other way from you know licking the subway pole or whatever i mean this is just something that happens to kind of live inside him and, and it's and it's a shame and i'm glad he's sort of talking about it i think he's just he described he's on some medications and stuff like that and i know that those can always be sort of a, a hinky prospect but i hope that uh i hope that it finds him some yeah peace. and he's he's he said he's talking he's trying to talk to some uh you know medical professional about it and he's seeing you know seeing therapists and stuff like that i mean we just we wish him the best i mean even aside from being a good football player and an important part of the team you know you want to see you want to see a young guy like this you know get through whatever he's going through and again it's not it's not seen as you know something along the lines of like what zach Greinke had uh, the, when he was pitching for the royals who had a, a real social anxiety problem where they were worried about his future whether or not he'd be able to be around pl- other players around the press that sort of thing this is just more a matter of you know the 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 need for perfection and so um you know it, it's you know, for, for I don't. You know, I am I'm very blessed. I don't suffer from any kind of mental illness, and I don't want this to get into a Dr. Drew WebMD type show here. But you know, I, I don't suffer from this kind of thing, so it's it's hard for me to fathom in some ways, but in other ways, it's not. And so, you know, I think um, you know, I hope that Eagles fans are are taking this, you know, in stride, and you know that they're they're not they're not coming down hard on the guy for, for missing a couple games for, for what has turned out to be some kind of a, a mental issue. So, all right, should we transition into the Michael Floyd discussion? Because uh, his name has been bandied about since he was uh, arrested for a DUI um, over the weekend. Was it over the weekend or was it earlier in the week this week? I don't remember exactly what day it was. Uh, I think it was, no, I think it was, um, I think it was the day it was the morning after they got uh, after their game. I think it was like at Monday at, you know, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. I think is is what right. it was. Um, that that whole thing to me was just patently absurd. I mean, the, and the idea that like the Eagles fans, man, they, they give them credit. They smell blood in the water, and they're like Michael Floyd. Like, check it out. Just got arrested. Could be had Let's for go cheap. Get him, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys, have some dignity. Um, like that's not good. So, yeah, we want- <laughs> yeah, Michael Michael Floyd. His name his name came and it went. Um, I guess he was claimed by the Patriots. And so, uh, for those of you who don't know, the uh, claims are you know for for players who have less than so many years. I guess it's like five or whatever years. And um, teams can put in claims, and they have uh, you know this um, in in reverse order basically of how right. good they are. So, in other words, the best teams get last priority and the patriots are what second in waiver priority or second to last in waiver priority i think behind the cowboys so uh the eagles did not put in a claim on them i don't think that surprised anybody except for i guess everybody (laughs) but i don't think if you've been paying attention at all to the josh huff stuff and everything like that and and also like the fact that like look i mean okay michael floyd oh he's been bad but hear me out he also drinks too much (laughs) 
So <laughs> I don't really, I'm not really sure that that's, that's the most appealing thing right now. So it doesn't really surprise me. But I guess since the Patriots did it, everyone's going to applaud and say, Bill does it again. <laughs> no, it's a ter- um, and I guess that- that'll continue on to, to next week when he's a healthy scratch. Right. No, that's a terrific equation. You know, a dro- lot of drop passes. Uh, uh, I think he's got the, the, the fewest um, uh, completion rate per target or something like that in the NFL. I think he's got like 33 catches and some like 78 targets or something like that. I mean, Carson Palmer hasn't been great this year, but yeah, you combine a lousy season with a drinking issue and hey, yeah, where do we sign? No, I mean, we're dealing, I mean, just... Between him and John Brown, it's been a very disappointing season for that pass. It really has, man. And, you know, it's kind of funny. We have... We have a set of receivers here that are dealing with a problem with dropping the football, and that has been that has been Michael Floyd's big problem this season is a ton of drops. And you know he's we've already got a lot of wide receivers on this team that aren't very good. And you know putting aside the the DUI fact, I mean he's you know this is clearly a team that is has tried to jettison some guys who have dealt with issues like this. I mean, like you said, we already said bye bye to Josh Huff, you know, and now you want to bring a guy like Michael Floyd on. on you know the Eagles would look like hypocrites if if they went out and got and got Michael Floyd. So that but that's an off the field reason not to do it. I don't. I mean, there were people, legitimate people, and you know, in who Eagles beat writers and you know some of them were literally saying coming up with reasons why the Eagles should go ahead and make a claim on this guy and then and then sign Michael Floyd for three weeks when he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I just it take him time to learn Doug Peterson's offense. I mean, when did we get on the field for the last game of the season? It just made no sense, both from a football standpoint and an off the field standpoint. I could not understand for the life of me why people were talking about this like it was a serious thing. That yeah, and I want to put I want to make that really clear. If Michael Floyd came in, I mean, we're talking at minimum a week to get acclimated. So it's yeah. already what it's Thursday. If he gets on the plane and he comes here today. He might be ready to play, and next week's a Thursday night game. He probably wouldn't make that. You're gonna pay him for what? To like get him in the building and like pick his brain? Like I bet his brain's not that great. Um, and I, <laughs> so I, I just don't know. I thought that that was that was pretty ridiculous. And I, I also thought it was interesting that the Eagles did make a waiver claim. Um, they made a claim for mm-hmm. uh, Cowboys running back uh, Darius Jackson, who yeah. they had to cut. And um, they did not get him. The Browns got him. And the Browns are, of course, the worst team in the league. So they had first uh, waiver priority. But um, I thought it was interesting to see that the the Eagles, the Giants, and the 49ers all placed claims on this guy to try to get him in here. And and that one makes, to be honest, that one makes a lot more sense to me because that's a guy who's under team control. You know, he's a second-year player or whatever. And, um, you know, this is that would be the sort of guy that you might want to get in and actually take a look at because he has some incentive to show up to work because, like, look, Michael Floyd could just, I mean, he could literally never come in and it would probably be all the same to him right no i mean he's gonna be a free agent after the year and obviously his price went down i'm sure there will still be people looking in the offseason at michael floyd and saying hey we got to reduce price i mean you know he's probably gonna he signed with the patriots he's probably gonna turn into a playoff superstar for them and catch 20 balls in the postseason Uh, you know it's gonna happen you just know it's gonna happen i I mean i don't (laughs) <laughs> I know it's I mean it's there's some some stupid magic voodoo that goes on in New England and it makes I don't know it makes no sense whatsoever because I will say Michael Floyd until this season has been a pretty talented football player he's been a pretty good a pretty good player I don't know what's going on with him this year where he suddenly turned into one of the one of the most inconsistent wide receivers in football and I don't think I listen I don't think he's going to get it back in New England but listen can you tell me for sure that you don't think that that's going to happen that the, the Belichick magic isn't going to somehow miraculously fall under the shoulder pads of Michael Floyd and he's not going to find it in New England? 
I don't know. It seems like every year there's like 12 of these guys and one of them turns out to be good. You know, 12 yeah. of these guys. The guys, the like guys, big names who go to like good teams and people are like, that good team's going to do something with that big name. And then like a lot of times they don't and sometimes they do. I don't know. Whatever. I Yeah. No. Mm. It wasn't going to happen here is the main point. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's for, and that is for sure. I sort of thought this idea that like, you know, imagine Carson Wentz with Michael Floyd. Like, yeah, okay, let's all imagine that. If you get him in here, look, we've said it to death. Uh, I'm, I'm like pretty much done with it. I, I do think is, I did think that the more interesting thing was that you know trying to get a new running back in here that made a lot of sense yeah. to me because, yeah. um, as we've seen, there's been some injuries at the position. Yeah, they they're not going to have Ryan Matthew. I mean, they're not going to have uh, Wendell Smallwood for the rest of the year. He's on IR. Uh, they're not going to have. It doesn't look like they're going to have uh, Darren Sproles this week because of the 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 hit he took and that he's in the concussion protocol. Be very surprising if he's on the field. So you're looking at uh, Ryan Matthews and Kenyon Barner. Obviously, this team has a need at running back as they have a need at most skill position players, which kind of takes us into, you know. I know the guys talked about this at the live show on Tuesday a little bit, but I, I thought it was kind of worth you and I talking about for just a couple of minutes is, you know, what are the priorities for this team moving forward? I mean, we we talk about the wide receivers all the time. We know that that's a priority. We also talk about the cornerback situation. Uh, we know the offensive line is beat up, but we don't talk about the running backs all that much because they have three guys that see the field. But I don't think Sproles is back next year. I don't think Ryan Matthews is back next year. And you've got Wendell Smallwood, who's a fifth round pick and Kenyon Barner, who I just don't think they believe a whole lot in. I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you, what is the most pressing need on this team going in, going into next season? It seems like they have six most pressing needs and there's, there's no way to, to allocate for all of them. Well, I think that we've seen the the Eagles' mo for as long as I can remember is kind of to get okay at every position, um, especially yeah. since uh, especially since Howie's sort of been around. Um, is that this idea that leading up to the draft they'll get okay at every position? So uh, first of all, I think Sproles will be back. I would think that there's probably I would say hmm. probably, I'm about eighty percent chance that he's be, he's back. Um, Matthews, I think, is probably not back, but I guess we'll see. And then I think from there you'll have to you just sort of fill it in. You get like another guy, and you say like, yeah, sure, that's the guy. And then you you know then they start to say like, you get to themselves to a position where they could say, look, if we like don't really get anybody in the draft that we're too enthused with, we can still be okay. And uh, yeah. I, I sort of assume that they'll probably do the, that with everything, uh, which is why I always think that these preseason mock drafts or these pre-off-season uh, mock drafts, I guess, uh, are such yeah. a waste of time. Because they are. They're always they're always so need-based. And the Eagles are never in a position where they're, like, you know, super-duper needy. And, like, please don't get mad at me. I don't care. But, you know, the, the, the <laughs> idea that, like, they don't have anybody to play these positions – but like, really, they do. It's just that you don't like him, you know. So like, if you bring back Nolan Carroll or somebody like Nolan Carroll is a cornerback. Like, yeah, I don't think you really like him that much. But you know, he is a cornerback. He's not like, um, you know, like the I hate to bring this up, but the Danny Watkins year when they were like, who's yeah. going to play right guard? And they were like, we literally have nobody on the roster to play right guard. So whoever we draft is going to be it. And right. we got Danny, we got Danny Watkins, and the rest is history. So you know that that's the sort of thing that I would expect them to do. And uh, I always think it's funny when people are like surprised by this 
you know, that's one thing sort of as the season winds down you've seen a lot of people talking about mock drafts and being like oh like grab a corner in the first receiver in the second and then like this is the same thing last year with like gotta get a guard uh gotta get a safety gotta get a you know this that and the other and and uh then they like sign these free agents and they're like oh my god like we don't need a guard anymore like so all right well that changes everything like dude did you really think that like we were just not gonna have a guard did you really think we we're just <laughs> not gonna have a safety like yeah and so uh i guess i would sort of think that like if you're looking at this um and i think that i'm gonna echo what the guys with the with john and james and blg said which is that you have a i think blg was the one who really brought this home but um you know you have a franchise signal caller you got to get him somebody that mm-hmm. he you know wants to throw to uh yeah so there was something going around this week um where uh, I think it was our friend Dan Klossner who was sort of getting on Carson Wentz's case for not uh, for not like having an anticipation throw to Paul Turner. And he's like, you know, he had like enough time to do it. And like, you know, Turner was like about to come open and he should have done it. I'm thinking like, oh, just, yeah, just trust Paul Turner. Like, you know, not to take anything away from Dan, but like I'm thinking like that seems like <laughs> that's not really probably something that Carson is like that into at this point, especially after we've seen how many how many uh, interceptions he's thrown because he's trusted Zach Ertz or trusted Jordan matthews are um trusted zach Ertz again i'm trying to go back through his picks in my head and thinking like yeah a lot of them are to Ertz. but anyway yeah. um that so so i would think that probably you want to look for offensive skill positions and i don't know if that means making a big splash i don't know if that means trading up for a guy um and i think we'll get into what it would take for them to trade up you know if they wanted to trade up for somebody like mike williams who's got to be like the 17th guy named mike williams to come through the nfl but um <laughs> If you're talking about trading up for like a like a big time weapon like that, I think that that would sort of be the kind of the the kind of thing that might get people excited. But yeah, just build up the offensive skill positions, and everything else will come. Yeah, I mean because they've already spent so much time and money on the defense, and you know obviously there is still some work to do there. The 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 edge rushers haven't been as productive outside of Brandon Graham as the team would have liked, and the the cornerbacks still need a lot of work. But you know they're going to fill a lot of this through free agency as well, and you know I I do think there are some decent wide receiver options at. Uh, you know, in free agency where you don't necessarily need to go out and get Alshon Jeffrey, the stud of the class who has his own question marks, uh, his own checkered injury history and, uh, you know, his his own inconsistencies. You know, I've, I've set my camp, I think, for I like Kenny Britt a lot. I think he offers a lot of stuff. But I mean, we'll get into the individual, you know, wide receiver, free agents, running back, free agents, cornerback, free agents, guys in the draft. Like you said, the, the mock drafts are absolute garbage this time of year there's absolutely no reason to read any of them other than if you just need to waste five minutes of your life go ahead you know that's that's as good a way as any um but you know it's and they, and they I, always I, pander too i just want to put that out there the mock drafts they always are mm-hmm. like eagles fans will like this one and then eagles fans are like yeah and they send it to their buddies and they're like yeah look at this yeah. we got desmond king that's fucking sweet and you know like that's just <laughs> that's just it that's just all they do and like yeah so enjoy yeah, and exactly. So, but I mean, I think I, I think BL, I really liked what BLG said. What you just reiterated was, you know, I and maybe it was Barchard who said, you know, that I, which I agreed with. The, the Eagles, every good team has like something they're really, really good at. You know, the, the the Cowboys are really, really good at running the football. You know, and and uh, 
every every other successful team is really really good at passing the football in the NFL. Right. <laughs> but you know the Denver Broncos play great pass defense. You know, um, you know they, there's there are certain teams that when the Vikings were playing really well, their front their their front four got a ton of pressure on the quarterback. There are things that you know you want to have an identity in 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 football. You know, you want to you want to be known to be, for doing something. And right now the Eagles aren't known for doing much of anything because I I agree with you when when you say that they've kind of made themselves a mediocre or, or they've kind of spread themselves around at all the positions instead of really getting themselves really good in a couple different areas and then and then filling in and so that's kind of what I'm hoping they do in the offseason season as well I'd I'd like to see them go out and get a, a, a real good wide receiver or two I'd like to see them go out and get uh, you know a, a real running back who can who can help take some pressure off of Carson Wentz because I think that's an aspect of the team that's largely been ignored and you know i you know, if we want this, if we if we want Jim Schwartz's defense to to really perform well, you know, I think cornerbacks are all well and good, but this this defense is designed on the, the four defensive linemen generating pressure, and they haven't gotten that this year. They haven't. I mean, I don't know that you can replace you can't replace Benny Logan or Fletcher Cox, but I think you can go out and try and get one of the best defense, you know, edge rushers in free agency or the draft, whoever that might be. Um, and, and prior, I, I might even prioritize that over a cornerback on defense. Uh, I don't know if we'll see any big time signings. I sort of think that they might be pretty gun shy about it after the last few that have come through here, you know, Sure. and heck, even their own guys have burned them. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what kind of, if I were them, I'd probably just be in a hold, holding pattern and being like, taking a look inward and being like, look, Byron Maxwell didn't work. Vinnie Curry didn't work. Like, uh, who's the last guy that works? Evan Mathis. Yeah. I guess Brandon Brooks has played well. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, he was one of the guys that they signed this offseason. But, uh, yeah, and as far as, like, what the top priority should be, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think that what, you, what we'll probably see, though, is is them sort of shoring up everything. And then, I mean, people are obsessed with taking positions of weakness and making them a position of strength. Um, and I don't really think that uh, successful organizations will tell you that that's what you do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Um, they've got a lot of work to do. No matter no matter what yeah. you know what we lay out in front of them, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of holes to fill. And listen, they're not going to get them all filled in this off season, fans. It's you know there's there's a lot of work to do. It's going to take some time. But I don't think this team is that far away from competing for a playoff spot in a very weak NFL. I think you know and. You know, even regardless of anything else, Carson Wentz is gonna is most likely gonna be a little bit better next year, even if he doesn't get you know a true stud to throw to on the outside. You know, hopefully, he just gets some competent receivers, and his natural his natural progression as a second year quarterback will will, will also help. Even though he's he's playing pretty darn well uh, and had what everybody seems to think was his best game of the season last week. Well, speaking of Carson Wentz, uh, you had mentioned this to me before the show that um, in some in some dark corners of of, Eagle, of Eagles land. Um, there has been talk by some about the wisdom of maybe sitting guys like Carson Wentz or Jason Peters over these last three weeks. Guys that um, you know you're going to need next year. Guys you know that you are, are. I mean, I we're. I mean, Jason Peters may or may not be back next year, but I, I don't see how they can let him go based on what they currently have and the fact he's played pretty well this year. Uh, but certainly benching Carson Wentz over these last three weeks, I get the argument for it. Uh, you know, making sure he doesn't get hurt in one of three meaningless games. But Matt, to me, I think he, I think he's got to play. I, I do not, I am not ready to see Carson Wentz's season be over here with three games left or two games left in the season. I, I, I think he needs to finish out the string. What say you? 
Yeah. Um, by the way, that was CSN. I saw it on. It was quick slants. They were like, should you bench Carson Wentz? I didn't have the ah. sound on, but I assume that it was just 12 minutes of no. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I hope. But um, I, I don't see any way that – I mean, what what would be the point of that? Like, you want to get him in-game reps. That's, like, that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could get hurt. Um, I guess if you were going to get hurt last week was the week to do it. Uh, by the way, I just want to say that before our, in our Washington preview show, I said that I didn't really trust that team and that that team was usually a team of dirty players and, you know, you know yeah. Brandon Merriweather and, and then a new one. And what did we see? We saw – Darren Sproles get a concussion. John Dorenboss broke his wrist. Uh, John Dorenboss's replacement was just laid out with a stinger. You can't tell me that wasn't on purpose. Um, and yeah, it just and and you know led to a botch snap that eventually led to a missed field goal that led to them losing by just a couple of points. And anyway, the um, the uh, uh, what was I saying? Right. So so. Um, I don't see why you would bench him other than to than to protect him. And like, if that's the case, like, why play him at all until they're just totally ready, right? Like, you know, why why not why play him next year? Like, just bench him and we'll just wait until he's got like really good weapons. I I don't know. I mean, you just want to keep watching. This is he's the team. You have to keep watching the team. Like like no one's talking about I don't know benching. Uh, I don't know. Who are the teams that are kind of out you know, of it? No, nobody talked about benching Marcus Mariota last year when the Titans were out of it. You know, I mean, that wasn't the yeah, guy. And, well, he's not the great example because he got hurt. But like, um, oh, you know, even like, uh, say, say like, uh, sure, like Jameis Winston last year. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I'm trying to think, you know, like, like who are like some of the veteran guys that are, you know, franchise guys? Like yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah. The Saints are pretty much out of it. And is anybody being like, let's bench Drew Brees and just try again next year? Like, no, that's that's dumb. You just Drew Brees is here to play football. He's a professional, and I think that's the other thing that we don't really take into account is that like, yeah, you try to tell like Jason Peters and Carson Wentz that they like can't play, right? And right. let's see how that goes. Let's see like let's see what that says, and then you try to tell other guys that they do have to play. And you, yeah, that's <laughs> let's a good see how point. that goes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, the locker room, that's not going to go over well in the locker room. And, you know, I you, you, I can just imagine Carson Wentz, you know, on the receiving end of, of that information. That that would not fly. And, you know, these guys, I got to imagine these guys are all ready for, their, for, the, for the 2016 regular season to be over, except for maybe some of the younger players who might get into some games here in the last few weeks who are getting their first taste and, and looking to, to make an impression and you know, getting their first game action out on the field. A lot of the offensive linemen who are getting, you know, seeing some some first some first year game action or are enjoying themselves enjoying the time out there but for most of these guys they're ready for the season to be done and you know i as eagles fans we we have three more games left and none of them are going to be all that exciting and the only thing really to sit down and watch is carson wentz i can't imagine you're right i can't imagine that anybody those guys in that quick slants video were saying anything other than no this is the dumbest idea ever why are we talking about it because there's no way carson wentz should sit down these last three games all right, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm here watching. I hear watching Jared Goff take like the dumbest sack I've ever seen. So, <laughs> feeling good about that. Feeling good about. Uh, thank you, thank you, LA. Yeah. Thank you, and Jeff Fisher. Can we pour one out for Jeff Fisher uh, this week? Uh, Jeff Fisher is uh, no longer amongst the NFL fraternity. Um, I look forward to yeah. uh, his time in the league office here uh, in the next uh, ne- next few years. It'll be good. Or or on TV, I guess he. Uh... He and he will forever be tied with Dan Reeves for most losses by an NFL coach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just too bad. 
Uh, I did think it was funny. They've lost, the uh, the Rams have won their last three against Seattle, and uh, I forget who it was, but somebody suggested that they might have fired him before this one because they were afraid that if he won this one, that they wouldn't be able to fire. Him. I heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I guess it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, I think we're a little. I think we're a little far afield here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes about as much sense as two plus two equals a horseshoe. Um, all right, let's move. Right. Let's move on to the. Uh, let's move on to the Ravens game quickly. Um, uh, it looks like the Eagles are not going to have Allen Barbary, uh, Darren Sproles, or uh, Vitae this week. Um, looks like Jordan Matthews will be back uh, or will be out there. Um, he had been uh, he had been a little bit limited in practice this week, but he's he's planning to play. I mean, not like it really matters at this point, but uh, you want to see Jordan Matthews out there. I know he didn't. Here's the thing with Jordan Matthews, and, you know, he is important to this offense. You know, even as it stands now, you saw how much better the offense moved in the first half last year with Jordan Matthews out there. But he shows you why you and I, I think, get frustrated with him at times for not getting both feet down in the end zone on the play before Carson went through the end zone interception. And it's good to have Jordan Matthews out on the field because I do think that it makes Carson Wentz feel better to have him out there. But... Man, oh man, it just um, it did it did not help him not being able to secure that touchdown last week, um, and now they get, they play a Ravens defense that is going to force the Eagles to put the ball in the air a lot this week. Matt, this is the best run defense the Eagles have faced all year. Uh, they're only giving up seventy five and a half rushing yards a game. That's the fewest in the NFL. And when you've got Sproles likely to miss the game and Smallwood out for the year. Um, you know, Ryan Matthews will probably get his chances early, and I think this is going to stay a close game. So I don't think the Phillies, the Phillies, I don't think the Eagles are going to need to chuck it uh, sixty times in this one. But I do think if the Eagles are going to move the football, it's going to have to be through the air, and we're going to have to listen to another week of talk radio wondering why the Eagles didn't run the ball, run the ball, run the ball against the best run defense in the NFL. Uh, well, we probably still will. Um, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, tough, but um, yeah, and you're right. I mean, we probably are up for another you know forty throw game, and everyone will be mad, and they'll say, "Where's the game plan? Where's the running game?" Like, folks, have you seen the running game? It's not that good, you know. It's, We're on our fourth right tackle, think, guys. Come on. Yeah, and and so I mean, we're talking about Kenyon Barner being up. Uh, we're talking about I mean, could Byron Marshall be up? Maybe. Yeah. Um, boy, like. Jeez yeah, I'm looking at. It. I mean, they got four guys. They usually they usually play those four. I mean, so we're talking about Kenyon Barner, Byron Marshall, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles. Uh, Darren Sproles may or may not play. Um, so yeah, we're just talking about those three. Uh, it's a shame Smallwood got hurt. You know, he has a grade two MCL sprain. That's the sort of thing that he probably could have come back from. Yeah. Um, but since they're so close to the end, you know, that's uh, that was that was it. And so we'll get like a nice long look at Byron Marshall's. He guns on special teams or. I don't know, plays personal protector or who knows, mm-hmm. but he, um, uh, w- yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's probably going to be another unbalanced kind of game plan. And, you know, hopefully they can come out and they can do a little something in the run game. Um, I thought that Wentz played really well last week and I'd sort of love to see him build yeah. on that. Uh, I think, that, I think that the, uh, the Ravens pass rush is, you know, sort of not what it used to be. Terrell Suggs is still playing well, but Doomerville isn't. And, um, <clears throat> 
you know, their interior guys are not, not as good as they used to be. So, you know, it might be, it might be a good time to get something going there, but yeah, as far as the run defense goes, I mean, uh, that's going to be tough. Right. And the, the way the, I think, you know, it's best for Carson Wentz's development right now to throw the ball. I mean, it's, if they, if they had a good running game, sure. Take some of the pressure off of, of Wentz like Dallas has been able to do with Dak Prescott this year. And it's been one of the reasons why, why Dak until the last couple of weeks has had such a solid year. But now you're seeing, you're seeing Dak have some of the same issues that Carson and Wentz is having this year. They're looking pretty similar, at least over the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah. Well, Dax looked a lot worse than Wentz has this the past couple of weeks. That's very. You know, he yeah. hasn't passed for a first. He hasn't passed for a first down on third down since um, the. Uh, who did they play? So they played the Giants last week and they played the Vikings the week before. Who was it before that? Uh, that was the last time he passed, and even then, it was only a couple. Wow. I mean, this is—he—he he has not been playing well. So, I mean, that's—that's that's quite a stat. Can you imagine not passing for a single first down on third down and winning a game? No, that's that's if that's not the easiest job in the NFL. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah, no, that's impossible. But I mean, you, looking at looking at this game on Sunday, you've got a you've got a you've got a Ravens team that is very similar to the Eagles and how they move the ball down the field. This is a dink and dunk operation, just like the Eagles uh, there, which is kind of surprising given the arm that Flacco has. But I mean, we forget that Flacco uh, blew out his knee last year and that he's, he's, this is still his bounce back year from that. And that could be one of the reasons why the, that the, the offense hasn't taken off as much. I, I think the, the Ravens have two decent running backs in Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon, but I, I don't think, I think if you can complain about any team not going to their running game as much as they should, it's Baltimore than Philadelphia because uh, Baltimore has really in a, in a lot of games this year, and it got their offensive coordinator fired earlier in the season, really abandoned a running game that seemed to be working well. I know there were a few games in the first half where uh, of different games this season where Terrence West or Kenneth Dixon was doing, was doing well. And then you see at the end of the game, Flacco's got 50 pass attempts in a close game. It, uh, so I, I think what you're going to see with with, uh, with with this game, you're going to see a lot of checkdowns, a lot of dump offs by both Wentz and by Flacco, and that's not really ever been Flacco's game because because he's got an arm and he usually he has had receivers in the past. Steve Smith, they've got Kamar Aiken there. I mean, they've got Mike Wallace who can still run a little bit. Um, they, they've got guys you know who can who can generate some offense passing the football. It, it just and they. He relies on Dennis Pitta a lot right, from the tight end spot, um, who's Dennis Pitta coming back from the dead this year. So they've got some guys there, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I still can't put my finger on why the Ravens offense hasn't been better, Matt. Any, I mean, any thoughts on their skill position guys and, and kind of what they do on offense? Um, no, not really. I don't know. I, I think that their running game has sort of been okay. Kenneth Dixon was supposed to be like, you know, hot stuff and, uh, you know, you watch him a little bit and he certainly doesn't seem like the same guy he was at Louisiana Tech, yeah. but, um, you know, fifth round pick, it is what it is. And, uh, man, who's their other guy? Terrence West. Help me out. Who's the... Yeah, Terrence West. Um, and he also hasn't really looked that good. And he's been he's been losing playing time a lot, I know, because all the fantasy guys are excited because the fantasy guys love Kenneth Dixon in the same way they love Lamar Miller. Mm -hmm. But um, well, I'm a Terrence the, West uh, owner, you know, so I always hated that talk. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, so he's been losing playing time like a lot. I think I saw yeah. last week that he took like four times as many snaps as Terrence West. Yeah. So, you know, it's Kenneth Dixon's kind of job, and, and I don't think he's really been doing that well. Their offense is, is very streaky. I think maybe it sort of comes from, you know, being big play-based or whatever, you know, and in different ways. Steve Smith is, you know, the kind of uh, proto-Odell in that way, and then um, Mike Wallace is more of the deep threat. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, I think that, I don't know, we'll see. Um, they're real banged up up front. They've had trouble with that, so that could be a place where the Eagles win. But uh, it's it's hard for me to say that you know that they match up well against this offense. All right, well, let's move on from the Ravens because, I mean, I don't know that anybody really cares for us to break down that game any more than we already have. I just wanted to kind of do a rundown. Over these last three weeks, Matt, I'm going to uh, provide a little bit of a public service uh, for the good folks out there. Because the Eagles do not have their own first-round draft pick this year, uh, they obviously have the Vikings' first round pick in the Sam Bradford trade. We need to be keeping track on what the Vikings are doing each and every week here um, on BGN Radio. And as of right now, the Eagles would pick 17th in the draft thanks to the Vikings' 7-6 and six record. The stinking Vikings have actually won a couple of games here and there over the last month or so. And here's who they have at home over the last... Here's who they have over the last three weeks. They have the Colts this weekend at home. They are at Green Bay in Week 16. And then they are at home versus the Bears in Week 17. You got to think they... We'll probably beat the Colts at home this week. I'm thinking they lose to Green Bay, who will probably need that game a lot. And then home to the Bears, they're not, I think they win that game, even if that game's meaningless to both teams. I, I think I think they win two out of those three and finish nine and seven, which probably gives you a, a first-round pick around 17, 18, 19, if, I, if, if, my, if my math is, is fuzzy there, Matt. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. There's um, if there's like a, a website for that because you know a lot of that's so dependent on those other guys. It's funny in the NFL. It's always they're always like bunched up. Mm-hmm. There's always like one team that wins one and like one team that wins two, and then like everybody wins like six through eight. Right. You know, like everybody wins six games, which is probably right around where the Eagles will be, which is a far cry from where we thought they'd all finish. You know, oh, you're gonna be gonna pick number two, and Cleveland's gonna get it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, I think that, I don't know, who knows, right? Because this, you know, this Viking offense, they like really turtle sometimes. And, you know, if the defense can't get going or, you know, if guys are off their game or whatever, like we've we've seen this Vikings team lose some like real head scratchers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they put the Jaguars away pretty handily. But, you know, I don't know, the Colts, the new look Colts, who knows what's going on <laughs> there? Yikes. But... And then, I mean, the Bears, everyone's raving about the play of Matt Barkley, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. But, um, the, the, so, uh, who's the other team? Oh, the Packers. I mean, that could be, that, that one's probably and a loss. And that's in Green Bay, yeah. Um, that's in Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, and I think at this point, we'd probably be happy if they didn't make the playoffs. But, um, you know, even still, like, they could pro- they could potentially pick, you know, 14th, uh, you know, even at six wins. I mean, all right, hang on. Let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, so the Eagles finished with seven wins last year, mm-hmm. and they picked 13th originally. The, the trade obviously brought them up to uh, eight, and then the trade again, that brought them up to two, but they, they originally started out at 13. Um, I can't remember. I think that was the second, the second best uh, pick for a seven-win team. I think that the Saints who picked at 12 also won seven games. Okay. But, you know, so you're talking about, look, if they, if they lose out, I mean, you could be talking about picking – you know, in the early teens. Yeah. Um, and even if they win a couple more, I mean, so long as they miss the playoffs, I think you're talking about somewhere around there and, and, uh, and a good player could still be had there. Um, but it would be nice for the, it would be nice for the Vikings to just really suck. (laughs) (laughs) Don't see him go into the tank these last three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Sammy sleeves do something for us, please do something for us now that you're not with us anymore. Um, all right, let's look ahead to, to this weekend slate of NFL games here, Matt, uh, cue the music. It's better when we do it. It's just, it's better when we do it. All right. Um, why don't you go first this week, Matt? 
That's nice. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Let's do that. Um, my, the Eagles are six-point dogs. I know. I man, saw that. that. Yeah. As I take a look around, ah, oh, the <laughs> Browns are ten and a half point underdogs. That's crazy. Yeah, to the Bills, who are not terribly uh, good either. Uh, all right, here's one. Uh, the Oakland Raiders at the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I know that these are division games and that those can be sort of wonky, but Oakland's only a three-point favorite. You know, Oakland's really good, and San Diego is, like, um, just, like, the most... I don't even want to say, like, accident-prone, but it's just, like, the most sort of hapless, sad kind of team limping through things where they occasionally have some dignity and then their pants fall down. <laughs> like, and that's, you know, that's, like, literally it. It's just, like, an old slapstick routine where the joke is the guy's pants fall down, but in football team form. And, and sometimes it's sad, like, Melvin Gordon, you know, having his season and getting hurt, but, like, other times it's just, like, like, how did you blow this? Like, how, how did you... <laughs> Or like even better, how did you how did you get that far behind, come back and then blow it? You know, stuff like that. Like that's the sort of thing that San Diego's up to. So to me, it seems like it would be very easy for the Raiders to to be able to put them away, and certainly by more than three points. Well, I'm actually looking at the game just below that. Um, I'm looking at the Cowboys game at home against the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. That is a big line. Uh, the Cowboys favored by seven points against the Bucks, who right now are a playoff team in the NFC. And the way Dallas has been playing these last couple weeks, if what we've seen is just a little bit of a slump from Dak Prescott, then yeah, the Cowboys can win this game rather easily because I do think they are more talented than Tampa Bay. But Tampa's a good team. And Jameis Winston's a pretty good quarterback. Yes, they're on the road in Dallas, but since when does Dallas have a huge home field advantage? So I look at how Dallas is playing, see some of the Dak Prescott struggles. Jerry Jones is not helping things a whole lot this week with seemingly playing footsies under the table with Tony Romo. Whoa, you know, I can't rule anything out kind of a thing. And, you know, I do think Tampa Bay has some, yeah. has some talent on that team. I, I can easily see Tampa Bay keeping that thing within a touchdown, if not, if not winning that game, because Tampa actually probably needs that game a little bit more than Dallas does. Dallas will win the NFC East unless they have a complete total collapse and, you know, the Giants, you know, fall backwards into the NFC East title. That I don't anticipate that happening, which is why I, I would take the Buccaneers in this one. I think they can cover that set. I think they can come within the, the seven-point spread there, and that's a game I think the Bucs can steal in Dallas given how the Cowboys are playing right now. Yeah, and, and cannot make this clear enough. Dak Prescott, fourth round quarterback, and he looks every inch the fourth round quarterback the last couple of he weeks. He has. He, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, so, you know, I guess credit to him or whatever, but like, yeah, man, that is, he is not playing up to snuff. Uh, they're lucky that they are the only team in the NFL that runs more than passes because uh, if they needed to rely on him to do anything at all, I mean, between him and, and Des Bryant, who also looks pretty bad like their passing game is just not getting it done absolutely no all right well let's look on to the eagles then uh against baltimore again this is a sunday one o'clock game the eagles in baltimore um they are like you mentioned just a moment ago the eagles are six point underdogs on i mean yeah six point underdogs on the road in baltimore um how do you see this game shaking out matt uh give me the eagles 33 to 20 they went up front they went on the back end and the offense comes out and looks downright competent Wow. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, I just the Eagles just can't see them winning another game this year, especially on the road where they've had so many so many struggles on the road. Um, I know the Ravens aren't terrific, but the Ravens really need this game. So I think they'll be motivated. I think they'll come out and play hard. And uh, I like uh, I like the Ravens in a low scoring game. I think the Ravens win 23 to 17 in this one. Um, all right, Matt, any final thoughts from you, sir? 
Um, yeah, watching Pete Carroll win two challenges and then lose his third, and now he's out of challenges, I think that seems wrong. They should either not lose the challenge uh, when they get it right or, you know, not lose a timeout if the call stands, you know, something like that. They need to they need to revamp the system a little bit. I think it's been this way since, I think Al Michaels said, before, you know, before 2000. So it's been around long enough that I think that it's time for a change. I mean, really, I'd like to see them give in like four challenges and you don't lose it if you, you know, if you get it wrong. And like really the only way that you can lose one is, or yeah, the only way that you can lose one is if the call is confirmed versus stands and just, like just like let's lock and load because i think that you know we're getting we're all getting really frustrated with the officiating and the whole like game theory and just how important it is that the challenge is also a timeout is also this and there's only two of them and there's six timeouts and you get a third one but only if you get the other two right and if a call stands but isn't confirmed then that counts as wrong and all this other stuff i mean it's i guess it sort of makes sense when you when you spell it out but we've seen it in practice enough to know that it's pretty frustrating so uh, just watching this go on, I'm thinking to myself, and you know, without with all the controversy around the Eagles challenges, I th- think to myself, it'd just be nice if this this sort of thing didn't matter so much. No, that, uh, that's a good thought, absolutely. And I just wanted to mention my final thought is um, one in five million. Um, the Eagles, I think, uh, that is their odds of making the playoffs. There is still a mathematical possibility that the Philadelphia Eagles could get it to the playoffs. I had the whole scenario written down. Okay, so the Eagles must win out. The Falcons, Redskins, and Packers must also lose out. The Vikings have to beat the Packers, but then they have to lose their other two games. And then the Buccaneers have to beat the Panthers in Week 17. The Saints must lose to the Cardinals or Buccaneers, and then the Cardinals must lose at least once. Seems totally doable to me, Matt. Seems totally uh, doable to you. I think if you'd asked me what was going to happen the rest of the season, I would say all of those things. Absolutely. No, one in five million. If Listen, if you're going to be putting some money down on anything right there, you can send your kids to college with that one. All right, folks, that'll do it for this edition of BGN Radio, episode number 212. I'm John Stolness. My thanks to Matt Daring uh, for coming on the podcast this week. And thank you all for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. I'm not your normal kind of rap singer In the building with a subtle center crack linger Fiend smoking off the foil I only smoke shit from out the soil Virgin oil, the name Bronson Nova Royal. Barbecues get thrown with EBT cards. Land and sea, the air, three stars. To go plates get made right on arrival. The Amarone got me spinning like a gyro. Take the high road, poppy seeds from Cairo. Aaron Rodgers style, I'm here to take the title. Rock a mask, dog, cause every word is viral. To leave you like a wet noodle, paralyze your spinal. Smoke this motherfucking weed real quick, hold on. Darling, let me lay beside you. I'ma get back to you in Darling, a minute. Darling, let me lay beside you. Kiss my burning lips about you. Dennis Burr shit, China doll, leave your first split. Think your pockets, then she'll kill your earth.